What'd you say? Welcome to the Burt Show. I know I got Burt, but help me MD and turn me back into a healthy MC. Welcome to Farms Not Farms Podcast, episode 16. Today we have a very special guest with us, somebody who I've been working with for many years, cares about people and plants very much, and I think that he really is a great contributor to our world. And, you know, I think everyone else is thinking the same thing. Build the Soil has been growing exponentially. I think they have almost 60,000 followers on their Instagram now. And we're very lucky to have them as our uh, sponsor of the show, Farms Not Farms. And uh, they've also been a, a donator to Gorilla Healer, the charity, for many years and allowing us to basically just continue to be of service to low-income, high-risk patients with life-threatening ailments and help them optimize their diet, healthcare, and lifestyle. And as many of you know, I specialize in applying cannabinoid therapy to life-threatening ailments. And so that's what I do. I basically just volunteer and give out guidance and spend a lot of time speaking with patients about what I would do in a situation or what I'm learning or, or researching. And uh, so, yeah, at this time, I'd like to welcome Jeremy from Build a Soil to the show. Hey, Jeremy, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm feeling pretty good today. I'm hoping you can hear me okay, and if, and if we're good, then we're good. We are golden. All right. Yeah, it was actually perfect timing. I just got a call from a patient's mom and uh, just had a nice little talk real quick, and uh, now I'm talking to you, and I'm really excited to have you on the show, man, because you have been just really raising the bar for applying care in an industry where, let's be honest, it's just been about the money. And a lot of people are growing. A lot of people are buying a lot of equipment and a lot of products and a lot of things that ultimately hurt the environment. And, you know, we're creating all of these. Let's just throw the the packaging industry out of the window for a moment and just talk about bottled nutrients and talk about so many different kinds of applications in the agricultural world where we actually are hurting ourselves when we're we're growing foods and medicines with harmful chemicals and so you know you've been really inspirational for me and a lot of people and i'm grateful that uh matt from uh arlo systems introduced us many years ago because you know anybody who is going to help build our world better or let's just you know protect our world from ourselves i think that you're doing a great job and uh you know just applaud you and just want to kind of maybe uh, get some reflections from you. So anybody listening to this show who's new at growing or who wants to learn a little bit more about organic practices or even maybe what permaculture is and why you have dedicated your life to this kind of uh, notion, like, you know, maybe you can share a little bit about what what you're all about. Oh, man, definitely. I I really appreciate you asking some of these questions because it's stuff that we're thinking about all the time and it's not really on the surface. Um, for most people that are finding us now, they aren't as connected to our origins where we came from. And so in the beginning, everyone knew that it was me answering the phone in my garage. <laughs> and it was like that real feeling of, dude, I'm talking to you and I'm a grower and this is great. It works out perfect. And mm. eventually, you know, as things grow, we have 20 employees and we've got a few different warehouses and we've got a lot of material coming in and out and 
Um, as far as sustainability goes, we're total hypocrites, but we're doing better every day. Hmm. And I think that's all we can really try to do. I try and follow other leaders, other visionaries that have done a great job. I'm not sure if you follow Patagonia, but um, I think it's Yvonne. Anyways, the Patagonia guy's got a few different books out there. Uh-huh. And one of them is Let My People Go Surfing, which is pretty cool. And he's got some information in the books about, you know, if you're going to run a business for, for, for profit, it's not really going to be sustainable at the end of the day. But it can be made more sustainable, and it can definitely um, take a higher road, a better path to a similar goal. And I think that one of the things that I've learned as an entrepreneur and as a business owner is that if, if the business owner doesn't form the vision and have the uh, pieces in place that hold them accountable to the type of business they want to run, then nobody's going to do it and society will do it for them. And a lot of people that I feel like I'm not very experienced, but I've tried enough smaller businesses to realize that the way you learn about running a small business or becoming an entrepreneur, um, the education path is fraught with a lot of information that put profit first and showing you how to formulate the business model against profit. And profit is the most important part of the business because it keeps everything running, but I believe that looking at profit first is important, but it has to be driven by a really quality product. And then if your goal from the top down, so um, let me slow down a little bit. Our main objective here with Build a Soil is to help a farmer or gardener have the absolute best crop, the best farm, the best soil that they've ever had in their entire life. And so when that is the main goal instead of profit, it creates secondary and tertiary goals that are in line with that, that help create a lot of profit because you're solving people's problems. So if we want to have the best results for our customer, that means that secondarily we have to have two things, the best products and the best information. And then another thing that happens in business is because you invest money in something, we then start to back it up as if it's the gospel truth. And money can do that a lot of times. And because we're so diversified and because we're looking at ingredients first and and not the brand of the company first, we're able to bypass that problem where we invest in something and go, nope, this is the only way to do it. We have a lot of solutions. And because all we want is the best result, it keeps us accountable to our customer to find the best product for them. And if we can keep doing that, keep identifying what the best product is that's most sustainable, these are difficult decisions to make. And so then our customers appreciate the value of us finding them outside of the normal distribution channel. They appreciate us educating them on how to use them, and then they get the results they're expecting, and that keeps them coming back. And so um, we could go down like a rabbit hole on so many different subjects there, but I wanted to paint a picture of what our top-down vision is, and then hopefully that would kind of paint a picture. But You know, we've got packaging here too, and we try and do recycle a lot of the packaging by upcycling it. We have customers bring their bags back and we'll sew them back together as far as the stitched soil bags. Um, And then we try and unbulk a lot of stuff and sell it raw, but um, unfortunately, sending stuff through the mail, we still go through a lot of packaging here too. Yeah. Me too, you know, a lot of glass jars and people say, hey, what can we do with all these jars that we're accumulating? And I just don't at the moment have a... A, a way to clean all of them and put them back in to a uh, rotation. And so I just haven't been accepting them though. They are completely recyclable. <laughs> um, yeah. There's a lot of things that, um, 
uh, are worth are worthy of doing, but sometimes are hard to find the time in the system to manage. And I know that's a big challenge. We looked at recycling and a lot of the stuff that goes in the recycling bin doesn't really make it to recycling. Mm. And so um, a lot of the things that we do in our society are window dressing. And when you look deeper, there's not, the results aren't actually what you'd expect. And so I feel like the onus is on us as the individual to participate as much as we can in simplifying, um, you know, the use of the packaging. But man, it's tough because, for instance, we bag very plain bags. But man, when you put a pretty label on there that has the proper instructions for use, there's a really good feeling of using the product. And it's hard because we have that human nature where when we've got a problem to solve, we don't want the ugly, potentially <laughs> cheap version. We want the best because we want to solve our problem. And so <laughs> packaging is an important part of business. And there's there's always decisions that can be made. But um, I bring that up because I'm, I'm sure you mentioned it because like the cannabis industry as a whole, not the gardening side, but just distribution of the product as tons of packaging issues and a lot of it are because of the laws they multiple pack things and safety packed and it's crazy and then we help a lot of hemp farms but i think from the outside looking in everyone thought colorado was growing hemp fiber and pictured these tall plants making rope and oil from the seed but people that live here know that none of that's the case We're, we're all growing huge flowers for the cbd oil and so um we're all hoping there's going to be some beautiful hemp plastic, but uh, nothing like that has happened. And unfortunately, there's not a huge savior coming at any low cost. So, It's true. Hemp packaging is a little more expensive and, and it makes it tough to have a compassionately priced product when you're, you know, spending... Uh, a whole lot of money on packaging. And at the same time, you know, not to talk too much about packaging, but just all the new products that are getting created in the cannabis industry and other industries that you end up having to have a bottle for and then you end up having to have a box for and then you have to have all these other marketing materials for and literally just creating so much garbage. And uh, so I I try to, I I like to keep it simple. And, um, you know, I see that you guys have simple packaging too. And, and, you know, it's uh, it's important that we, we do our part and um, still have quality, you know, and and that's where referrals and, and reputation comes along. And I think that's why you guys have almost 60,000 followers right now, because you're doing something right, you know, and it's being and it's consistent. And that means that it's reliable and you enjoy being accountable. And so accountability and reliability and consistency, uh, you know, has gives the ability to uh, really grow. And yeah. These, and these are all lessons from the garden, you know, and um, the garden's taught me so much. I feel like I'm just kind of regurgitating a lot of what I've learned. And if you don't have discipline and accountability in your garden, then you're not going to have results. And in life, a lot of people want to speak as if they have these results. And um, a lot of their sphere of influence around them kind of jokingly knows that they don't and they don't produce and they don't do what they say they're going to do. And I feel like we all connect to that because we all go through these phases in our life where we're getting ready to get ready and phases where we're taking massive action and living in the moment. And it's, uh, it's harder to do all the time than it sounds. And I'm really aware of that. And so when we look at running the business and making profit and having employees and all these things, um, besides being accountable to running a business that the customers are going to agree with, um, you've got to be accountable to, uh, buying the right product. And so it goes all the way down the line where like day one out of my garage, people would know immediately if there was an issue because 
um, there are so few customers. And now when you get a lot of them, the trouble becomes, how do we answer these questions when I'm not the only one doing it? How do we find staff that can continue this education process without becoming just like everyone else? And so we're finding that you know, we're going to have to become the business that does that. Step up, train our employees properly, create processes and systems so that um, ultimately at the end of the day, we can honor that promise to help customers have the very best garden they've ever had. And it's very difficult to receive a phone call and talk to one customer for two or three hours and still be profitable. And we do it all the time, but we can't do it for everybody. And so right now we're doubling back on answering frequently asked questions, making sure when we launch our new website, it has a very robust um, way to interact with other customers and get all of your questions answered. And so um, these are new challenges for me as a human. You know, I do jujitsu every day and that keeps me accountable to whether I'm progressing or not, you know, physically, but mentally um, the feedback isn't so instantaneous. And so we really listen to the customers and like for instance right now in busy season this is when we're likely to get more customer complaints about a back order not being in stock or an order not getting shipped on time and we want to be perfect but we're not so we have to be able to solve problems as they pop up and also create better systems to stop the problems from popping up and we do that with the farms we do that with the business we do it in our daily lives so i feel like if the farm can teach any individual these skills they will trans transfer to every other area of their life. This portion of Lessons from the Garden brought to you by BillTheSoil.com. So <laughs> I think that, uh, you know, you might have just coined your podcast or little uh, snippets if you ever want to do, you know, Lessons from the Garden with Bill the Soil. I think that would be really informative. And uh, even if they were shorts, you know, I think that people would love that. Um, Man, it'd be really fun, and I just got to find the time to do it, so I appreciate <laughs> you talking to me, because it makes me take the time to talk about stuff I'm thinking about, and it's so crazy how many analogies run parallel to that garden seed, yeah. you know, if you, if you just let anyone plant seeds in your mind, you're going to have a field of weeds, of seeds that were blown in, of harmful thoughts that are not being productive, creating a higher order, and if you never go in there and then pull them all by hand one of the ways people start to clear the weeds from their mind is by using poisons and chemicals. And it seems to work in the beginning, but eventually it stops. And so there's so many parallels where if we can sow the proper seed and make sure that we weed those unnecessary thoughts from our garden of our mind, um, just like the garden, we can be very productive and abundant. And what little negativity stems in is um, just very low percentage. And I don't, pretend to have figured it all out, but it's crazy as you start to get older and get a little perspective about how much of this really is in our mind. And I wonder how many times customers' problems with their garden is actually a reflection of their personal life. And I oftentimes want to ask them, hey, I know you've got a lot of bugs and pests and these issues that you're not able to solve. Are you having a lot of problems with other people in your life and situations right now too? And I don't have any correlative data, but I bet you it would be like one-to-one. Yeah, I think any gardener or, or you know knows that when you're happy, your plants are typically happy, and when you're not happy or healthy, that often reflects in the garden as well. Yeah, and I think that when we're not happy, a lot of times it's due to anxiety, which means that we probably don't have a plan, and we have a lot of things in our mind that are ticking away, thinking, I should have done this, I should have done that, and it makes us anxious. And if that's how you're treating your garden, then most likely things aren't done on time. 
and I'm not perfect. I mean, even today I was in the garden here in the store and having the accountability of having it in the store definitely keeps us more on target because one of the things about our mind and the regular garden is that it's pretty resilient. You can beat it up pretty bad and have it healthy in a very short period of time. Um, but it's not ideal. And so we let the garden get out of control. I want to show off some photos. And so today I had to go back there and trellis everything and remove a lot of clutter, clean up and get airflow in there. And it took me significantly longer than it should have today because I wasn't keeping up with the process. Mm. Um, you know, same with business, same with everything. So, I mean, even this phone call, we were supposed to do what a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Yep. It's that, that time of year. It is. There's a lot going on and it's important that we, you know, take care of ourselves, which means that we're showing up for our commitments as well. And so, it's, it's, you know, everything that you just said is true wisdom and I think is going to prove to be timeless in terms of this particular episode because just listening back for anyone who wants some motivational advice or self-help tactics, you know, the, the knowledge that you just dropped, bro, thank you for just reflecting from your own journey, you know, because it's, uh, it's showing, your gold is showing as you continue to dig, you know what I'm saying? No, dude, I, I get it, and it's one of those things where, when you are starting on a on a journey, and you have a lot of personal belief in the direction that you're heading to be right, like we all do. We otherwise we wouldn't make a decision. And so most of the time, if someone's stepping up and trying to control the outcome of their lives instead of just take what's given to them, they usually believe they're on the right path. And whether it's optimism or whether it's a de, you know determination, uh, we could kind of link it all together, but. When you start seeing fruits from your labor and you start realizing that some of these decisions were actually were correct and then successful people that you modeled, it, it wasn't something unique. It was duplicatable. You start thinking, oh, my God, the fear is not that I might not succeed. The fear is that I'm infinitely more powerful than I thought and that I might not you know, live up to that full ability that is within us all. And so when that shifts in your mind... The anxiety not doesn't come from like, oh man, I should be doing this. The anxiety comes from the fact that life is pretty short and we have so much capability. You have to start to choose and apply your time in areas where it makes most sense. And if you would have told me that when I was younger, I'm like, dude, I just want to smoke weed and hang out. I can't imagine, you know, being so worried about a time crunch. I just want to relax. But when you do really realize how much you can do and how little time there is, you start to want to push through some of this and it doesn't mean getting certain things it just means experiencing and growing as a person and all this and so then I think back to the garden and I'm like man I'm still smoking cannabis still running the business and cannabis is one of those things that you come back to especially if you're a regular user and at certain points in your life you're like man is this something that's taking away from my ultimate goal or is it adding to it and obviously alcohol other things they can add they can take away it just depends on how you treat them and um, cannabis has been one of those ones where I feel like I've learned that it's it can definitely be used to a negative, but it's one of those things that it's a reflection of the position that you're in. And if your mindset is expansion and moving forward, then it's only going to help you with that. But if you're trying to make decisions and you have no idea what to do, it can sometimes hold you back. And so it's been pretty cool to come to this point with Build the Soil and come to this point with the philosophy of how I want to run my business and see that cannabis is still a really active part of that picture. And now more Americans than ever 
are comfortable talking about it and you have family members and family members, family members that are like, wow, I need to know more. It's no longer taboo. I have medical issues that I'm not, that are not being helped by the traditional means. And so it went from five years ago, I was very scared to tell someone that this particular photo was my grow or talk in the open about the fact that I had plants at my house for fear of like what being raided or something. And now I, I realize how silly that is when people have, you know, a hundred acres of cannabis or, or hemp, so to speak. And I only had a few plants at a time. It was kind of a paranoia for no reason, but um, it was still real. And I'm sure a lot of people are still experiencing that in illegal states right now. And it sucks. You know, the family thing you're talking about and just the general acceptance of cannabis it's a beautiful thing because where years ago, you know, many of us who are, um, you know, enjoy cannabis were kind of the, the black sheep of the family. I was just at my grandmother's 90th birthday and she was introducing the family to all of her friends at her party. And then she goes, and my grandson, Brent, and if anyone wants to learn about cannabis, <laughs> you could talk to him. And it, but like proud though, right? So proud. And honestly, that morning... The news. She goes, Brent, come here, come here. And I run in her room like, are you okay, Grandma? You know? And she's like, look. And the news is like, CBD and (laughs) this and that. And she's just like, you know, elated that that's kind of what my life is all about. And, you know, obviously, uh, like I said, years ago, we, we we were the black sheep. And, yes, there are times where we can use... Uh, things that can potentially be positive as negatives as well. And there were times in my life where I was using cannabis way too much because I was depressed and I wasn't happy and I wasn't really uh, subscribing to life. So I was looking to numb myself constantly and eventually just realized, hey, I need to, you know, get off of cannabis so that I can learn me. And, you know, for me, when I was 15, 16, 17, a 12-step program helped me learn a little bit more about myself and people who were uh, going were willing to share that with me. And so that, that's what benefited me. And everybody has a different path and a different journey. And so I just honor that and as well as this plant. And, you know, yesterday uh, I had freaking seven cops outside of my door because they were looking for a dog on the, <laughs> on the loose, which was nuts. I was sitting there. I, I took a break from it was like 730 at night. I'm eating dinner, watching Game of Thrones real quick and um, and um, get this knock on my door. And I'm just like, what? And I'm watching a dog. I'm fostering a dog right now. And um, he was on my lap. <laughs> so these, I like get up, I see all these cops, and I was smoking a joint. <laughs> so I put it out and kind of like let myself out of the house, shut the door behind me real quick. And I was yeah. like, hey, guys. <laughs> and I noticed like I'm completely surrounded. And I obviously smell like herb. I just was smoking a joint, you know. And, um, am I being detained or am I free to go? <laughs> you know, they they just asked me about a dog and, and then they left and they had to have smelled herb, you know. And they were like, we don't even, you know, they didn't want to deal with the dog thing either. But, it, you know, years ago, they would have smelled herb and they would have, you know. Oh, my God. You know. And uh, another issue recently happened or, or incident happened where I was driving in Colorado and I got pulled over and, uh, you know, the, it, it, the cop ended up just giving me a warning and letting me go, though he was like, hey, what's that in your center console? And it, it, it looks like a syringe. 
and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and I literally laughed. I was like, bro, that's, that's my CBD oil. I said, uh, it's, this is my cannabis oil, you know? Uh, I was like, look, and I like put, took a little bit out and put it in my mouth. And I was just like, it's just kind of CBD, you know? And he was, I was like laughing and I was like, I realized that that, you know, I don't do heroin or anything like that. I laughed about it. He kind of laughed. He's like, you know, I was just trying to check. And any other state, um, I would have been arrested. Even in this state, I, I couldn't believe it. After the fact, I thought about it. I was like, I literally ate cannabis oil in front of him while I was in the driver's seat and he let me go. <laughs> You know, uh, that story is gonna go yeah, down in history. The fact that it was cannabis made me safe. But right over the border in Utah, for point eight of shake, you'll get thrown in jail. So you really, you know, you got to be careful, obviously. And so education is key to, uh, yeah. to everything we're doing. And I think Man, it, I've, I've been so lucky. You know, so many people in my life had so many run-ins with the law, and I've had a few of them. But um, nothing like the generation before ours that really kind of built the industry on the back of them being constantly scared and growing this plant and mm. being a steward of it all while potentially being locked up a lot of times really being locked up and, and several of them still are and I gotta tell you the gravity of that doesn't sink in every day unless I really reflect on it that this plant that literally on my drive to work I see hundreds of acres they're building um, I, I, I wouldn't have considered it when I bought this building but on my ride to work literally all the farms on here now are all going to be hemp I mean everywhere out here is going to be wall to wall cannabis plants it's like be careful what you wish for now it's like you know oh dweeds it's not like it has everything that, that I would personally like in the plant but it's definitely remediating the soil all these farmers at least a high percentage of them are growing organic and it's significantly better than the corn that was growing there the year before and I think it's so cool um, but we've had law enforcement down here uh, to our retail store where we have a live grill going at all times. Really? And they were actually all intrigued by it. They had a million questions, and none of them were about getting us in trouble. It was all about, like, what kind of plant is it? How does it grow? And how do you do that? And it was pretty cool. So uh, now I feel like the stick was gone. And now when you go online and you're at home and, and you find out, wow, this really is a medicinal plant, it's not such a big deal. How do I grow it? <clears throat> and immediately you're going to run across either a list of like recipes, ingredients, and things to follow. And because it's so overwhelming, you're probably going to go with somebody you know or an online forum where you can talk to somebody or the grow shop down the street that's going to tell you how to do everything. And so for years, that grow shop down the street kind of controlled the whole conversation. Yeah. And whatever they were told is what they sold. And now that's all changing, and it's like this huge renaissance that's happening in agriculture where because of large-scale hemp, these agricultural companies are having to shift from the, from the top down. It's causing a big shakeup, millions of dollars being spent, huge industry, billions, and they're starting to cater towards a different model. And then you have the grow shop that was always high margin, same products to everybody, you know, pH this, part A, part B that, booster this, and... It's starting to go away because the veil's been pulled and people can price shop and ask questions and, and learn without having to have that tunnel vision of whatever their buddy told them is all they're going to do. Yeah. And so now, now I'm not sure if it's better or worse, but everyone has an answer about what's wrong with your plant or how to <laughs> grow it. And really the only solution to that is getting experience and doing more of it yourself so you can see what's good and what's not. And I think the reason Build-A-Soil is becoming so successful is that we've been repeating the same mantra over and over. And after years, people see that what we say does work. 
And so at least if you want to borrow from the success of thousands of our customers, you can realize there is a way to get there. But I still feel like overwhelmingly customers that work with us have decided without a doubt, they draw a line in the sand and they say, I am not going to use GMOs and pesticides and herbicides. And I'm not going to support the industries that make those products as much as possible. And because of that, most of our customers are, are just on board with everything we do. I'd say a small percentage of our customers come to us and say, look, I'll grow any way possible. I'm just looking to get results. Yeah. And they'll buy some from us, some from the mm. chemical world. And I'm hoping that they transfer entirely as they learn all the lessons that we've learned. Um, but when you're trying to make money and you're trying to listen to everyone and please everyone, it's still hard. And so um, the education component of build a soil is probably the next big hurdle that we have to overcome to be able to answer all these questions without having to be on the phone all day. It's a big deal. You know, that's one of the things for me in terms of Gorilla Healer is, you know, obviously there's a, a brand of, of CBD and a whole line Call, named after the charity though really what the charity is about is giving out guidance and being on the phone or emailing with patients or meeting people or going to patients who houses who are homebound uh, I went last night at 9.30 at night to a patient's house and spoke with his family and you know stage 4 cancer and, and the, you know it's, it's what you were talking about before in terms of how to replicate these conversations in a safe way that's going to also grow the 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 organization that's what's kind of kept me from well let me just say that's what i've told myself is keeping me from creating an actual clinic five years ago with gorilla healer was because i was like you know when I do this, I want to do it right. I want it to be actually, you know, leveled up from what's available now. And that's such ego, you know. Really, I just need to do what I do in a more professional manner. And the constantly optimizing what we're doing allows that to gr grow more roots. And that is also what it is in the garden. You know, you don't start with a million-dollar greenhouse. You start with what you have and you earn your keep. And, you know, yeah. shout out to Blue Dog Hemp who just rocked it and they're expanding with all their new toys and all that stuff. And, you know, obviously, uh, you know, build the soil and, and I, I uh, uh, had a hand in that. And uh, shout out to Ambessa and, you know, everybody who's just really working hard. And, and I think that, um, you know, one thing about build the soil is that, you know, and I remember Alan from, uh, from uh, Grokashi told me this, too, in terms of, you know, bricks count. Let's talk about that for a little bit, because what's the result of growing organically and growing, building your own soil? You know, the result is that you are going to have more nutritious food. You're going to ultimately end up, you know, what happens when you eat more nutritious food? Consider that. And, you know, also if you're growing herbs or, you know, medicinal plants, what happens when they're more nutritious? You know, so in terms of the what I love doing is helping people with high quality ingredients because when somebody's immunocompromised, you can't afford to have a pesticide. You can't afford to have a eat something, make your body work without it actually getting a benefit, you know? Yeah. And so everything we take in well, at that point is going to help or hurt. Because I'm sure you deal with the same thing, but even when somebody wants to have a healthy plant, they're so confused about what they don't know. A lot of times they end up being their own worst enemy where same thing when they're trying to achieve health a lot of times they're like so i take this oil and i'm good it's like well you probably shouldn't eat fast food you should probably start considering being healthy and all balanced and portions of your life and everything else or this disease that you have is going to overtake everything and one band-aid not going to help and in your position educating people
well, I can imagine, man, I'm spending, you're spending a whole bunch of time. And then if they don't listen and they're not willing to learn at the speed of instruction, then they like sabotage their own success and you're their coach. And you're like, no, what are you doing? And it's the same thing with customers that want to grow in soil when they don't know what they don't know. And you tell them to do something and they listen to a buddy and do the complete opposite. And you're just, you're thinking, my goodness, if you just really stepped up to the plate right now and did everything you know you're supposed to do instead of looking for shortcuts, this would work. And so same thing with CBD and THC and all these things. It's like until someone steps up and, and, and acts, I guess the way to put it is how you are in one area of your life is how you are in all areas. It's not 100% truth, but it's something that I'm trying to own personally and do better in all areas of my life to be more accountable. And so when you're trying to help people garden or when you're trying to help them get healthier through the Gorilla Hiller, you can't always affect all parts of their life, but it's so important to have the fastest transformation. So um, the education component, I really connect to you when you mention that because I tell myself the same thing. Well, I want it to be perfect, and so I've got to get it right. And I kept learning more, and that would mean that the information I had yesterday, if it was permanently in writing, I would be maybe a hypocrite. And so it's like this perfect is the enemy of good almost where we're just going to start creating this education and we'll improve upon it as we get there but for so many years we've been putting it off because we wanted to have that conversation in person instead of creating like a blanket system because one size doesn't fit all when it when it's for personal health plant health all of that but one thing's for sure if that person is self-motivated and uses one of the systems that you were to create or i were to create that would put them on the path of being in a position where they can fully be independent as they do their own research in the future. So we just have to get them started in the right direction, asking the right questions, and the truth will follow whether whether we're there or not. And I really believe that. You know, the initial dream of Gorilla Healer, or just that the vision that came through, was, is to have a sacred healing retreat that has <clears throat> sustainable gardens and that also give you know, um, food that we're not using to the communities, the schools around there. And I think that that's a beautiful concept. And I think it's important to work with, you know, um, every, to, with leaders, you know, I don't, I don't like when people call me boss, whether or not I ever paid them. People are like, what up boss? I'm just like, yo, I, that's, you know, I, it, it just doesn't sit well with me. I don't know why. I don't even ask. It just, it is what it is. And so I just love that. We, I feel the same way as you because I believe there's a lot of power in words. And I feel like I don't want someone to subordinate themselves to me or to put me on a pedestal. Whether they're doing that subconsciously or not, it creates a situation where I'd rather be on the same level regardless because <laughs> I don't know their life story. I don't know what's going on and I can't judge anyone. Um, so it does. It creates a little bit of a of like a, a split right away when they do that. I feel you. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, especially in a place like a sacred healing retreat, you know, I, I want, I want, um, you know, whoever's operating the, uh, you know, the kitchen to be like, this is what I do, you know, and whoever's <laughs> doing the beds are like, I love making sure that you're coming back to, you know, whatever it is, like we might as well love what we do in life. That's how we're going to smile through the dance of life because we're going to dance no matter what. And we're going to get caught up in waves or we're going to be surfing, you know? And so it's important that we realize our ability to just get up on the board, whether or not we think we know how to surf and just do what we know how to do and do it fun and do it well. And that might inspire somebody else to be like, Hey, 
I like you or B, how do I do what you're doing? And, you know, those people who, <clears throat> you know, look at you and whether or not they get jealous or not, forget, forget about that for a minute. Let's just talk about humans, how we mimic in a sense where it's like, all right, I see that and I want to do that. I might want to do that my own way, though I still want to do it. And I don't know it unless I do it or, or even had seen it. And sometimes we get a vision of something and then we're blessed with that, you know, though that's life and, and taking it by, uh, you know, carpe diem in a sense. And I think that learning about how to, to affect our lives with, you know, even just, I have all these, um, peas on the side of my house, these, uh, green bean, um, seeds. And, you know, I'm like, what do I do with all these? You know, I got to get them all out and I want to give them away. I want to just, you know, whatever I can do though. I grew them all last year with just a little bit of effort you know, building a trellis and, and planting some seeds. They did their thing and I got to eat from them. And now there's all these seeds. And literally we have the ability to just give protein away to people, you know, good fiber and good food. And that's where, you know, these kinds of, you know, we've had, I've had so many, and you've had, we've had so many ideas throughout the years and th- with our, whoever else we deal with um, in terms of how we can contribute. And the littlest things help. You know, somebody might remember that for their for their life or you might show somebody how you have fun doing this or a lesson in the garden that you learned. And all of a sudden it just it's a paradigm shift, you know, and then we get to subscribe to new notions, whereas we say, okay, now I know what I don't want, you know, and that's how we kind of get better, I think. And, you know, especially if we're eating healthier foods, if we know where our foods are coming from or we giving money to those who we're supporting you know, we're voting for them to continue to do what they do because they're feeding us, you know, and you guys are starting a new farm too, huh? You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. So when I met you, for those that are listening, um, this isn't something where it's like, yeah, build as well wants to sponsor this and we can go <laughs> make money and advertise. It's like, how do we get the mission out there? And how do I support friends that have really good missions themselves? when I'm busy and you're busy. And so this is part of that coming together and being accountable and things that we want to see move forward. And it was a year, I mean, five, six years ago, I was at Matt's house in Durango and didn't know I was going to meet you there that night. And, you know, I remember we talked about blunts and a few things and you were, you know, obviously into the concentrate more because the, the blunts weren't good for your lungs, <laughs> the hip hop scene. And you had this whole mission with Gorilla Healer. And I just thought this is fucking awesome. And you had this passion, you know, where you could tell that, it's not like it was all laid out exactly how you're going to go about doing it, but you were going to do it. There was no, like, ifs, ands, or buts. It was already done. You spoke as if it had already happened. <laughs> so from that day forward, we kind of linked up and found a way to do a little bit of business together to, to, to create that mission. And at the same time, um, about a year prior to that, my mission was to start a farm. Um, I was going to do tomatoes and vegetables and do a CSA, and I felt like, man, I can be free and do whatever I want all day as long as I tend to the farm and sow my seeds and make sure that I, I, I honor that. And it, it turned out that obviously that's fairly seasonal. It takes a pretty good investment in time and infrastructure. And I, I just wasn't in a place to really do it at the level I wanted to at that time. And so fast forward, about the time I met you, I was starting to realize that Build the Soil had some legs and that it was going to really take off. And I thought, well, who knows when that farm will come back around, but it's still in the back of my mind. And now it's, it's been five, six years, and we're just now starting that vegetable farm. And it's right next to the Build the Soil retail store. 
And so if all goes well, we'll have the produce here, the refrigerators inside the shop, like a, a roadside farm stand. Wow. And then we'll have the demonstration model so people can come see how they might be able to create that model um, on their own farm. And what's so great about it is the competitiveness isn't there in the sense that you need a farm like, like ours in every block in every city. It <laughs> I'm not going to ship this shift this estate over that's what the other models doing we need more localized production mm. and so it's like mm. wow if we can really show people how to use some of the new tools that 3d printing and technology and sharing information have created um you can produce a very profitable small farm with a lot of intrinsic value for um not nearly as much as people think you don't need to buy a million dollar tractor you don't even need to own land you just have to find somebody that has land that would like to have an organic farm on their land. I think that's cool. And a lot of times they won't even charge you money until you get up and running. They just need to have a lease agreement in place. And obviously you're going to invest in their land with your time and with infrastructure. So you've got to put a long-term agreement in place to make sure it's worth it. But so many people have this dream of starting a farm and they don't realize if they learned a few sentences in a piece of paper, they could control that land and now be one step closer to their goal. And so, um, I think so much of it is just realizing that all it takes is that decision and then the answers start coming. And so I decided to do the farm and um, the answers came, but the answer was, hey, this is not the right time for it. Now it's come full circle. And now we have, like I mentioned, the retail store next to the farm. And it's, it's just a really exciting time. But um, that doesn't mean there's not problems and challenges. And, you know, getting the greenhouse built is taking longer than we thought. And uh, there's a lot of weeds out there, and we didn't take care of it, you know, early in the season. So we're going to be documenting a lot of the challenges that we go through because um, realistically, when you get down to it, whether it's building a soil, running a business, being better in your personal life, it just comes down to making good decisions and professionally, you know, solving your problems. And so um, hopefully we get to document a lot of that. Right now, it's kind of the middle of busy season, so we're not doing as much video and things like that. But... I'd imagine in a few weeks we're going to really start documenting the whole farm production and sharing it with everybody. Beautiful. Perhaps it'll be called Lessons from the Garden. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> no, no, no guarantees, commitments, or anything. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> in terms of a successful farming model, is that something that you are, you know, if people want to learn how to have a successful farm, are you saying, you know, follow Build the Soil, follow Build the Soil on Instagram, and, uh, you know, pretty soon here you're going to start sharing all these tips and... and... Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, it's going to be a while before I can put an educational product together, and I don't know if I ever will. Um, but the good news is there already are some, and that's what we've done. We purchased a system. I believe in life that... Obviously, learning on your own is valuable, but I think more importantly, the skill of knowing how to learn on your own is most valuable. And then when you get knowledge, applying it is where that knowledge is valuable. So when we wanted to start the farm, we could have done it. I mean, heck, we run a business. This is what we do. But there's too many variables we haven't done. So we hired, uh, we purchased a course called the Never Sink Farm Course from Connor Crickmore. And if you start following the small-scale big profit, intensively farmed type of farms that the mom and pop can run on small acreage. Um, there's a few big names out there that have a lot of cool tricks from paper pot planting and uh, the greens harvester that helps you harvest all your greens with one person. 
Um, and Connor Crickmore is one of the guys that has an educational course that is above and beyond, shows you every detail from start to finish, from how to do each plant, each seed, do the greenhouse, build the greenhouse, run the employees, get the land, hire the employees. I mean, every step of the way he's got figured out. And it's not perfect by any means, but he's got a very good source for you to get the answers on his course. We've taken the course and we're going to prove it and we're going to put our own spin on it for our region and using our products. And then eventually we'd like to help people either take his course and bring it to reality using our products or come here and reinvent it on their own. Touch our greenhouse, see what we've done, because all we're doing is we're making decisions on how to do a process. And so because we're copying Connor, we've learned from some of his mistakes. And we hope that as we build the farm and we learn our own lessons, we'll be able to share those lessons. But right now, we're brand new. And so I'm very careful not to overpromise sure. um, the results we're going to get because this is our first year doing that type of farm at that level. How big is the greenhouse? Um, it is a 30-foot wide by 144-foot long greenhouse. We hope there will be many of those, but this is the first one. And my fiance Gwen, is basically running the farm. And um, Shout out to Gwen. You know, it's going to be a lot of work. Cool. Yeah, I've seen some pictures on Build the Soil's Instagram, and it's it looks fairly, you know, large. Obviously, you just said it's uh, 100 feet long by 30 feet wide, so it's definitely work. And uh, Yeah, and I feel like when you've had a little success in life, it transfers and it gives you more confidence to take a little bit larger leaps of faith, and um, there's no reason this farm shouldn't succeed. And when it does, and we're feeding a lot of locals, and we're feeding ourselves this really healthy, nutrient-dense food, the last thing we wanted to do is limit it to just a few families. And so we wanted to get a greenhouse that would allow us to operate at least at least on the first set of infrastructure at enough capacity to have a weekly, to have a business where people can come every week, not just you know at harvest season. And so. Um, that takes a lot, and running the greenhouse, it's got automatic roll-up sides, and it's got big fans in there, and we're going to have a shade cloth, and there's so many things that it takes to manufacture that environment to be able to run year-round that a farmer has to learn about so many things to be successful, and that's part of why we really wanted to do this is as we get bigger, one of the reasons why we've succeeded is that we've been able to walk the walk and talk the talk and show people how not only myself as the owner, but our employees are growers and can grow at the scale our customers do. And now that Build the Soil is helping a lot of larger scale farms, hemp farms and vegetable farms, we're operating outside of our personal capacity. And so going forward, I want to make sure that we have a farm that has um, realistically put us through the paces of learning all the challenges that our customers are going to be going through. And in that way, we can help them navigate that path better and make sure that it's like, hey, we've been here before. This is how we overcame it. This is how you too can overcome the problem, whether it's weeds, irrigation, temperature, building the greenhouse. We hope to be a solution for everyone. And and I learned this year that buying a greenhouse and getting quotes from all the different various greenhouse companies, that's a chore just in itself. Um, It's probably not the easiest business to run, but those that have tried to buy a greenhouse will probably agree with me that it seems like there could be better there could be a better sales process and it's it's confusing there's a lot of choices and so if someone's listening to this right now and they're hoping to get a greenhouse set up um, you can call us and we can share with you some of the choices that we had to make um, and hopefully eventually we'll have a, 
a little bit of like a frequently asked questions about things to look for, um, especially here in Colorado, as we have a lot of wind, we do have some snow, we have very intense high UV sun. And so all the decisions one can make when purchasing a greenhouse are magnified out here in our environment. So you're saying people can literally just call build a soil and ask questions. Yeah, it's not perfect because some of these questions are detailed answers and we don't always have the time depending on how many customers we're helping. But a lot of our customers have come to find that they can call us and if they work within our time frame, get an answer. And when you call our phone system, you can always go to the general gardening section and if our phones ring, you can, you can leave a message so that someone will call you back and answer your question. And you can also uh, live chat at buildasoil.com and if we're too busy chatting to other people, it'll save your message so that we're sure to get back to you as a ticket. So that's a good way to go. Um, but right now, we're actually actively seeking out several new employees um, as we're looking to expand our soil production. And because of that, free up more warehouse space. And because of that, free up more retail space so that we can have more employees, have a better place for come people to vi- for people to come visit. And that should create the business that will create the hours of employment to help have enough staff on hand so that we can answer these questions and realistically the vision has always been to have everyone here so that we know who's answering the questions but in the future it may be that we have to have growers virtually answering questions through the internet so that they can have extra employment and we can have real growers continuing to answer these questions but um, it's tough I'm sure you realize with the CBD it's like one person can ask a question slightly differently. And when you're dealing with something as complex as plant health or human health, you want to be able to be there and be authentic and answer it realistically. And it creates this rift where it's hard to prepare all of this content. Bro, you ever go to a cannabis industry expo or a cannabis event, you're going to hear, you're going to hear so many different explanations about everything what cbd is how to use cannabis oil how to you know just how to dose for this particular ailment or what you need to do for that ailment and you know like you said before and like we say all the time everyone is different and everyone is well served with love with individual care and so it's at that point where we kind of have to figure out what's best for us and yes we can say hey what worked for them what what didn't work for them though two twins with the same issue with the same ailment could require a different treatment and so it, at that point it, you know which is the beginning point of anybody's situation of you know the journey to to healing we have to go at an individual uh, you know level and um it i think yep. that and so many times it's a, it's a mental <clears throat> that manifest physically. And so if we only answer questions about what they're doing physically and dosing, and we don't take consideration of the fact that they are having consistently negative thoughts, you may not get the same result. And nobody is a psychologist and a doctor and all of these things at once, but what we must do is be our own version of that for ourselves. And so when they come to somebody like you or when they come to build the soil, we're hoping that the result is that they don't just buy a process and follow some directions, that they get a guidance on how to become more of what they should be, their own leader, become the person they're looking for. 
And so that means guiding them to the right direction and then at some point letting go a little bit and letting them find their own way. And then we'll be here throughout that process. Bro, I got to send you this new song that I just completed. And in it, there's this uh, part where it says, we are the ones we've been waiting for. And you just basically called it out, you know? And um, I, I, you know, somebody once told me, they said, we have all the answers. We just need the right question. And so, you know, with that, I just want to uh, salute you. And, you know, of course, not, nothing is perfect. And so perhaps that isn't the right way for you, though. I think that um, we, we're, all, we're all pretty smart. And, you know, everybody has a, a little bit of a different, in, in, you know, intent or path in life. And some of us are still finding out what that is. And, you know, all I can, all I can say is just uh, consider what makes us feel incredible. And that doesn't necessarily mean instant gratification. I'm not going to go eat a, a bag of Sour Patch Kids because it makes me feel incredible. I'm talking about, you know, the quality of life. And, and up until a few years ago, I didn't even understand what I was talking about. You know, feeling great didn't make sense to me. And um, I just want to say that it, it is possible to realize that we are our own solution, that we are our own best friend, that we are our own, you know, big brother, big sister, or, you know, mom or dad even, to, to say that we can do what's right for ourselves and then there be accountable, feel like we could be relied on, feel like we are somebody and know that we're somebody and then contribute you know, to the next person or help an, an elderly cross the street or say, hey, do you need help? You know, any, anything that, that makes our world so much better. And anybody who's in a situation where we need help, we know that when somebody offers help, wow, what a miracle. Like you mentioned, what makes us feel good, right? Like that is our, that is our compass. Mm. And so when you're following through and you realize that you're not feeling good and you're being dishonest with yourself about that, usually the results that follow will not be good. But if you're feeling fantastic, and like you said, not an instant gratification fantastic, but a overwhelming sense of gratitude and that you're in the right place at the right time, and that things are unfolding with serendipity, it's like, oh my God, I am on this path. This is what people were talking about. And everyone says that when that happens, it's like a waterfall when there was not even a drop of water before. Like, why was I ever any other way? <laughs> and that's still a daily process where it's not like you're just forever changed, but... Um, it's hard to operate differently. And unfortunately, when we're trying to work with other people, we can't take their lessons away from them. A lot of times they're going to have to go through these lessons. And so we can be there to tell them it'll be okay and they'll make it through. But when it comes to the garden, there's no way we're going to teach someone how to water properly, let alone how to, you know, weed their own mind. We can only be doing our best and living our best 100%. And I think that's super important because a lot of us will dim our own light and lower our sense of self-gratitude, you know, gratefulness for life and everything because we feel bad that someone else is having a shitty day and you can just feel their negative vibes and you almost don't want to pile more shit onto their life by sharing with them how happy you are. <laughs> but unfortunately, that's the most important thing is they've got to see that it's possible. And I certainly know that I needed to see that was possible in other people and borrow from them. And so, um, yeah, it, it translates 100% across the board. I think even in the garden, they've tested that if you hurt a plant near another, it can pick up on some of those, um, some of that energy as far as whatever chemical is sent out in the air. Mm. 
Well, you know, every living thing is sensitive to some degree. And Yeah, I think your last, I think the, I was listening to one of your previous episodes with two, and you're talking about growing with electricity, and a lot of people right on the face is like, why would you ever do that? But, <laughs> you know, when you go down the rabbit hole and you find out we're all just vibrating energy, and you start realizing thoughts are energy, and there's certain higher vibrations and lower vibrations, you're thinking, man, I wonder what that would do for a planet. <laughs> so it was pretty cool to hear, uh, too, kind of reliving that story a little bit. You know the feeling when you get great idea about something and you're just all up in your mind you might even be like your eyes might feel like they're looking up almost and you're just like yeah like at that moment consider the electric you know uh connections going off in our brain and so the fact that we have the ability to tell ourselves whatever we want at any given time you know um if you read the book the four agreements you know that however we feel we ultimately choose to agree with feeling that way before we even feel it sometimes it seems to be instinct though ultimately we have we we have you know the joystick we are in the captain's seat and so we steer our own ship our words steer our ship our, the frequency of our words steer our ship and they affect us as well. How we breathe affects our ship because, you know, we're going to be at ease or we're going to be in a panic mode or just constantly like, you know, going and, and just straight in, uh, in work mode. That's kind of stressing our body over time, you know? And so, um, yeah, I, I uh, it, it, you, you're talking so much about weeding your mind you know, and garden. And I think that it's so important that diet, healthcare and lifestyle, you know, it's, there's physical, spiritual and mental. And, um, you know, there, there's so many different uh, um, elements to a recipe for success. And sometimes simplifying it is, is, is really helpful. And also knowing how complicated our body systems are, though simple, you know, we really require great hydration. And I mean great by saying, you know, I'm not going to drink crappy tap water that has chlorine and all these other chemicals in it. I, I, I will do much better with some really healthy spring water. You know, I go to Blackhawk, Colorado to Uncle Charlie's Ranch for my water. And um, I think that, you know, there's a... Uh, <clears throat> there's something that goes into the results of quality effort and that is seen through you know most often fame though that is also seen through um you know just quality people in the community when you're like yo they are crushing it they're at the top of their game and you might not even know them and they might not even be at the top of their game they might just be glowing at that moment and it might inspire you and so <clears throat> for us to be that glow to realize that we already are glowing. We just have to, you know, uh, you know, just, you know, realize our position and so being so grateful that we get to breathe. If you've ever seen a loved one take last breath, you know how important, you realize how important each breath is. And so considering that, yeah, there was a business coach I had a long time ago and I never really understood the story. I mean, I did, but as you get older and you lose loved ones and you realize that life's not permanent in a more real way, um, and I'm, you know, I'll be 36 this year. I'm not old by any means, but 
life becomes more real, I think. And uh, there was a business coach that told me a story about the secret to success, and he would joke about how there was this village, and the boy was like, look it, I want to know the secret of success and happiness. And he was asking everyone, and everyone told him they had to go talk to the village elder, and then he would have the answer for him. They didn't know how to explain any of it. So they went and talked to him, and the village elder was like, well, that's pretty easy. I'll teach you tomorrow. Uh, meet me down at the river uh, before lunchtime. And so he's like, all right, perfect, I'll be there. So he shows up, and the old guy puts his head into the water, takes the kid, and shoves him in the water and holds his head under there. <laughs> and it's a story. I don't think, obviously, this really happened, but um, <laughs> the kid's freaking out, and he's thinking, this old guy's going to kill me. And at first, he's kind of going with it, but now he's not letting go, and he needs to catch a breath of air, so he starts fighting and the old man holds him. Yeah. And you know, at first he's fighting a little bit. He's thinking, surely he's going to let go. But once he realizes that that last breath of air is not going to come, he fights unbelievably hard. That old man didn't stand a chance and was off of him, landed in the water. The kid comes up for air. And he goes, what in the hell? Are you trying to kill me? And he goes, when you learn to appreciate life as much as you wanted that last breath, that's when success will come. And I was like, man, I'm never going to want every breath that bad, <laughs> you know, but it made a lot of sense that the key to life was not necessarily having the success, but it was interpreting that every single minute was already successful and that we were here for this experience and this blessing and that, um, you know, there was more that meets the eye to this whole experience. And so I've always remembered that. And when you mentioned that, you know, when you see someone take their last breath, you realize how important each one is. Um, it's still, without daily gratitude, it's very easy to forget that. And so I definitely try and remember every day to be so grateful for my family and my business and my fiance and my animals and the food and just so many things that we can take for granted when we're hunting for that next step, you know? Jeremy, this is proving to be one of my favorite episodes. And, uh, oh, man. I just want to thank you for, uh, you know, communing with me in this way for everyone. You know, we've had, we have many conversations and, you know, pretty much almost everyone I bring on this show, you know, ultimately everyone who I talk to on this show is somebody who I know we have amazing conversations. We have the ability when we talk that others will learn something like this. Generally I'm having conversations with these people and saying, <laughs> this should be recorded because so, there are things we just said that are just true gems that are timeless, uh, you know, uh, resources. And why keep them between us? And so many people who I talk to are, you know, sprinklers in a sense or wells of information. And I say sprinklers because we're all kind of putting information out there as far as we can in many places as we can. And, you know, when we get to really cover the lawn, then we have a healthy garden. And so, yeah, just uh, I'm glad that we are, you know, doing this work, bro. And um, I salute you for all the work that you're doing and, um, you know, continuing to learn and optimize and share what you're learning and uh, offering what you're learning. You know, I, 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 um, I just know how important it is that companies care about our community and I know how many companies are out here that don't, and they're all over. And, you know, they're buying foods from companies that don't, and they're serving them to us, and they're famous foods, they're foods that people are conditioned to knowing and loving, and, and you know, it's, it's a fake food society, 
built on so much instant gratification that it, it you know over time that the quality of that garden just gets cheapened and products get cheaper and anybody who knows about the funk or the heirloom or you know you know about that super quality that super heady stuff you know how important it is and how special it is and that we have we all have the ability to uh to be a part of contributing to that whether or not we're growing it ourselves or we're supporting somebody who does it the right way you know and so yeah salute to everyone who came before us and um you know especially all throughout and right now in cannabis prohibition i know i've been a part of that and many of us are still a part of it and you know just um Education about our endocannabinoid system is absolutely key for any intelligent being to understand why cannabis has the ability to work. Endocannabinoid system is the answer. And so, you know, it's a science that, that uh, is, not, is not made up. This, this is, um, you know, it's, it's, it's important. And I think that that's why some, some police are being uh, a little more understanding because they're seeing that it's helping people. And, and I think that a lot of people are still living in fear. And, you know, it's not even just police, obviously. They're just a, 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 an arm of, of, of law. You know, politicians and people who are, you know, anybody who has a family member, God forbid, who's going through a life-threatening ailment and you realize how important it is to have safe access to an emergency medicine, then nothing else matters at that point. And so, no, nothing matters. Once they see a loved one have a little bit of relief, even if it's just them hungry for the first time, sleeping for the first mm. time, laughing and smiling for the first time, and however long with so much pain, everything else is out the window. It does not matter anymore. And um, before the conversation started, there wasn't a safe enough way for someone to realize that. Mm. Now, it's only one or two steps removed from everyone in the country. Someone knows someone who knows someone's kid who knows about herb. And if they get in a bad enough way, they're going to start asking questions. And that's just starting to domino effect to the point where I'm literally living my dreams, running a business where this is what we do all day. And I know I used to laugh. I mean, what was that movie, A Road Trip, where like the guy at the end of the movie is on like the cover of High Times Magazine to create some new strain herb that doesn't <laughs> smell or something. I forget what it was. But I used to joke, think in my back of my mind, like, man, wouldn't that be cool to be successful and have herb part of that? Mm, yeah. <laughs> ah, careful what you wish for, right? Hey, you're talking to Burnt. <laughs> you yeah. know, living your dreams. 100%. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, man, this is uh, a blessing. I remember being 15 years old, smoking weed in the bathroom with a stomachache, and it went away, and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> One day, we're going to use this as a medicine. You know, and because uh, I always smoked yeah. in, in the bathroom, I, that that was just where I went to smoke pretty often. And so sometimes I went in there, I had to go, <laughs> and I realized that I no longer had to go after I smoked. And uh, with most of the herbs, some of it obviously helps you go a little better too. But sometimes your stomachache goes away, or it helps you in different ways. And growing up, I always had a stomachache because I was eating garbage all the time, always candy, always soda, drinking soda, and you know, never drinking water, hardly ever eating vegetables or healthy proteins. Just you know, and um, yeah. and that ended when up. When I get a stomachache from, from lack of food, I'll still smoke to this day. Like if I'm eating healthy and I'm like, mm. okay, I'm gonna be late. Like today, I'm a little late to eat lunch. I'll smoke a bowl before I eat lunch, and then I won't have that hunger pang, hunger pang just making me eat whatever's in the house immediately. You know, it'll let me slow down enough to get some healthy food made. So, 
Yeah, I definitely do that too. I remember I could I could hear my grandmother in the back of my head being like, "You better eat before you smoke anything." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she was probably just talking about cigarettes. But um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, man. Thank you again. You know, just uh, and shout out to buildthesoil.com. Really, we're just linking with people that we know, and we're we're sharing, you know, information. That's what Farms Not Farms is all about. And um, you know, I I I'm just uh, happy and proud to be able to share anything about this plant that has helped me so much. I'm still here today because of this plant. And uh, it saved my life, and I'm and I'm happy to uh, be able to feel comfortable saying that because this country is where if you talk about it, you're gonna get arrested, you know. And yeah. um, you know, I uh, I just want to say once again, you know, thank you to everyone who's come before us, and for thousands of years learning about different kinds of uh, you know sacred plants and herbs and fungus and and um, water and breathing techniques and all, all these different ways to to enjoy <laughs> all these different ways to enjoy an incredible quality of life and uh you know when we eat great foods we'll feel great when we eat not great foods over time we get you know different issues and we don't feel great and not that's not everybody there's the george burns of the world who smoke and drink to their 101 years old you know and um i, I mean everybody is different and i'm not looking i'm not over here saying be vegan because <laughs> i'm not vegan i love animals i'm just saying that you know be mindful consider that you we have the ability to be mindful that's all that's all i'm saying so thank you all you've been listening to farms not farms podcast on 93.1 fm boulder greenlightradio.com this has been a pirate radio broadcast Subscribe to the Farms Not Farms podcast on iTunes. Deep breath. And I'm out.